Alessa, Alessa, Alessa. She lost it all and was left to fester. Life has not been kind to our resident memory addict and mercenary extraordinaire. She has not been kind in return. Her life is a mystery to even herself. Her memories trapped away from her in the bony clutches of a broker so feared, even his name can shake the denizens of the heart to their very cores. So, today, we get a glimpse behind the curtain of curses and contracts to see how Alessa ended up as the mannequin-limbed wonder she is today. Perhaps get a glimpse as well into the allies she has waiting in the wings. This week on Hallowed Shores. She's tired, really tired, after a night of work. A day of work and a night of work. A day of working in the works, deep underground, uh, working deep down, like way deep in the, the recesses of the works, making machines that she has no clue what they do. She does know how to keep them running. And that's what she does. Black stained fingers, working with the spire black. And then a night of leaving those sticky, stained black fingerprints all over the uh, possessions that she's nicked from further up Spire. She's bringing those back in tow to her quaint, small, uh, homely-looking home. A small corner of the Spire, uh, right on the outskirts of the works. She gets home, the, the house is fairly empty. Um, there's only one other person that lives there now. Used to be two. Now it's just her and her son. And it it's extremely late. Her son is very young, already asleep. Uh, I think she goes into her son's room and just gives him a little kiss on the forehead and slinks off to count the loot and go to bed. So... Small home on the edge of the works. You have a single son that lives here. What, what, what does your son look like in comparison to Alessa? And if you want to describe what this slightly younger Alessa's looking like, of course, you're, you're, you're well welcome to. Um, yeah, I think you hit it nail on the head. It kind of does look like a spitting image, um, especially like young when it when they're not like as developed. It, they look very much like Alessa. Same freckles, same, you know, um, a little shock of blonde hair. Um, a, a little less, a little less sharp features, um, but yeah, they they look pretty similar, and he looks cheery. Is the main difference between the two of them? I imagine that Alessa probably puts the vast majority of her material gains into this room. Like this is this is the nicest part of the home. This is clearly like you know you probably have a betrackled hay-stuffed bed, and, and, you know, these kids probably have something at least resembling a, a, a box spring mattress. You know, we're, we're in the... Yeah, the, the, the rest of the house looks like um, what, like, electricians and plumbers describe as, like, nightmare houses that they walk into. 
and are just like, oh, I'm here to do a job. We got to get out of here quick. Um, like it, re it looks a little ramshackle. Like nothing in this home works as it should. But this room, it feels warm. It feels bright. It, there's there's something in it that feels like there's there's caring within these walls. Because Alessa does care a lot. This is this is her baby boy. Does your son have a name? Griff. This is the Scribner family house. Chills. <laughs> so Alessa leaves Griff alone. Um, I imagine, yeah, he's probably eight or nine at this point. Yeah. And just as you try to creak the door closed. Uh, Mom? Go to, go to bed, honey. It's... Go to bed. It's late. You okay, Mom? I'm all right, sweetie. I'm all right. You need anything? Mm, no. Did you get any bad guys? I got all the bad guys. There's no more out there. Okay. Oh, good night. Good night, my little moonbeam. And door latch closes. Probably the only working lock in the house. Oh, it is. Uh, as soon as Alessa closes the door, she turns around and just the she does that thing where you you lean against the wall and just start slowly falling, and just puts her head in her hands. Oh fuck! We're gonna get out of this. We're gonna get out of this. So you made something of a a hall tonight. Oh yeah. I presume you you sold it to uh to your your fence as it were. Um, a man named Orlo, uh, a fastidious man <laughs> who probably did not pay you quite as much as. Uh, what you stole was uh, worth, but again, it's stolen goods. Yeah, he's a great haggler. I'll give him that. And I'd imagine, bare minimum, you barely made a dent in what you owe, even Orlo, let alone your three, four other creditors. Yeah, no, it 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 was, <laughs> it was an absolute drop in the bucket. Your wages from working in the the heart of the works, probably not anything, barely enough to keep you and Griff fed. Yeah, that's that's what it's for. Like that is all the money from that job goes to to, you know, like feeding me and then just whatever he needs. Barely being of schooling age. Um, there's there's a handful of sort of your primary schoolhouses, your your Victorian schooling. So the weight of the world still on your collapsing shoulders. I presume it's time for Alessa to sleep. Yeah, she clambers into this shitty hay-stuffed bed. Um, a bed far bigger than what one person would sleep in. And one very cold side of the bed. Yeah, she she just collapses, curls up into a ball, and just tries to sleep. Eventually it comes. Sibling of death encompasses you. But something happens in the night. You awaken early, even earlier than you're used to. Uh, you work a job that requires ridiculous hours, even outside of your um, extracurricular behavior. You awaken with searing 
destructive pain on your gut. It's a brand. Nobody crept into your house. No. Something else has happened. You lift your shirt. And you recognize this sigil. Everyone's heard a horror story. Being taken by Incarn. You know now your debts outside this building have been paid. And all of them have been consolidated to a god with exceptionally little mercy. You're an incarnadine now. No, 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 no. I had time. There was time. I still had time. God damn it. And you feel something in your chest. Your very heart no longer beats the same. It feels shortened. You know, there's one other thing about the Incarnadines outside of their brand and the magic that Incarn grants them. It's a cage wrought around your very heart, signifying the debt you owe her till it's paid or till you die. And in that latter case, if that was to come, your very body will serve Incarn in its final moments in a wretched and gargantuan explosion. That cage is not just a cage, it's a bomb. Welcome to the fold. What time is it? Probably like 4am. Hmm. I think... I think she leaves. Yeah? I don't think she can be home. Yeah, it's gonna be easy to do. Um, I think Griff's pretty used to having to go to school later than when you're out, so he's used to taking himself to and fro. He's a scrappy kid. Where are you going to attempt to go? I... Pff, fuck. I, <laughs> I think, like, during this moment of crisis, I think I think Alessa needs a drink. Easy. Um, What's a fun watering hole, Alessa? Would, the Red would... Hook. Nice. No, no, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I have it written down somewhere. What was the fucking, what was the bar that Griff said that he, that, that, uh, that his alter ego went to, uh, when he was questioned? Hold on. Hold on. Deep cuts. Deep fucking cuts. We're bringing it back. Reach for it. The brown hook in red row. Gotcha. So, yeah, you just underneath the works, you clamber down to the, the red row to discover the brown hook. A disgusting little dive bar with a, a rusted hook hanging out the front. Can you imagine Alessa's drink of choice? <laughs> What's the opposite of a strawberry daiquiri? It's a good damn question. Just, just... They don't liquors. have stinky water here, do they? No, that's a specialty. Yeah, that's a specialty. I feel like it's just liquor on rocks. Yeah, no, it it's definitely... It's just... It's just... Rum. It's just dark rum. Rot gut on the rocks. Yeah, you toss a few sten, you get a cracked glass filled with dark rum poured over crushed ice, very lazily crushed ice, and eventually, somebody thumps you on the shoulder once. She turns around. A man in a cloak. Shocker. And poking out from underneath the hood, a skull. You can see there's face underneath. Clearly an ale fear mask designed to look like a skull. 
person hands you an envelope. Or, at the very least, holds out an envelope to you. Uh, you, uh... You got the wrong gal, Spooky. Gives a gentle... Mm, pushing toward, towards you. Alright, I see where this is going. She takes it. It's a simple, simple note. Sealed with a waxen seal of a skull. At least they got a theme. The man in the cloak leaves. Yeah, she opens it. What? What's inside? Uh, inside is a pile of red dust. And it takes to an invisible wind the moment you open it. And it whooshes up in front of you into a distended red skull. Well, that's never a good sign. Only listen to this message in private. Ah, uh, okay, okay. She, like... <laughs> she like wraps the envelope around the the red skull again, <laughs> like trying to like ah shit son of a bitch, and I'm like goes to fucking like just goes behind an alley. Yeah, back around into like, an alley. Down, the bar. Downs her entire drink and scurries on behind uh, behind the building. Liquor pounding into your skull. You make your way behind the red, sorry, the brown hook. You reopen the letter. The dust coalesces again. And the voice echoes out. You are now possession of the bone broker. Come to the address scrawled at the bottom of this letter within 24 hours. Well, this is, uh... Fuck, this is moving fast. Um... Shit. Where where is the address? Where like what area of the spire? Is it in the spire? It is. It's in the very edge of Derelictus. Oh boy. I know where this is going. And I have twenty four hours? Mm-hmm. Oy. I guess the question is, what does Alessa do in those twenty four hours? Yes it is. Because I I think she gets the idea. Nobody meets at the edge of Derelictus for anything but one purpose. And that's, uh, that's to go below. Typically. Here's what I think she does. I think she's in her bargaining stage. I think she wants to pull off a job to try to buy herself back. And what job feels large enough to pay off all those debts? <sighs> Alessa, upon hearing this message... Uh, knows exactly what she's got to do, or I guess irrationally thinks that this is the right thing to do. Um, there's no way she's going to the heart, and that's the only reason you'd be at the edge of derelictus. She's going to try to do one last job. One last job. <laughs> Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. She's going to do one last job, try to get something so ostentatious, so valuable, that she'll be able to at least purchase some sort of bargaining right for her debt, for her life. Um, yeah, she, she goes around, she looks, she, she searches, um, does a, does a quick, like sprint through near the entire spire. Um, can't really come up with much. Most of the things that would be that valuable are extremely well guarded, well guarded enough that, uh, it almost wouldn't be worth it. But there is one idea that crosses her mind. A paladin's axe. She's looking for a paladin. Or at least the home of one. 
luckily they're an ostentatious sort. Um, they show up in terrifying moments and in slightly more quiet armor before they, of course, fully reveal its glories, um, radiating the energy of the sun. But whenever they're in public, uh, they're they're in a different sort of dress armor, so they're hard to meet. Or, sorry, they're hard to miss. Uh, and I think it depends on where you go in the spire. Um, but I, I think she's probably smart enough to know that the farther up you go, the more likely you are to find a paladin. So I think we can presume she straps on a mask, hides her, uh, hides the majority of her skin, and makes her way to Amaranth. Of course. Where else would all the valuables be? Takes a second. But after probably 20 minutes worth of looking, yeah, you spot a paladin marching his way towards uh, where you often find Aelfir with uh, slightly more old-school tendencies. The ice baths. I think... Alessa was in Amaranth about three hours ago. Like the, she <laughs> just three hours ago, she was like Catwoman tiptoeing away with a with a full like cartoon burglar sack. Yeah. And here she is back again. Just when I think I'm done, they pull me back in. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's I guess let's take an ice bath. Let's go check this out. Um, so yeah, you, this paladin is, is heading into the ice baths. You can intercept him before he makes it in, or yeah, you can follow him into the baths. Question, do they do they have their axe on them at all times, like on their back? Right now it's strapped to his back, yeah. Well, he's gonna change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think she's gonna try to sneak in. I don't think she's going through the front door. I think she's gonna try to sneak through a window and, uh, try to find the the... Aelfir changing room to yoink that. All right, let's do a sneak roll. Right, Difficulty let's, one. Let's fucking Risky. do it. And uh, I don't, none of these domains apply, do they? I mean, the problem is like the entirety of Spire is a haven. <laughs> Works for me, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll just give it to you. Hey, baby! Nonetheless. <laughs> Nonetheless. <laughs> That's a ten! Uh, yes, it is. So, yeah, flawless. Um, you sneak on in. Tiptoe, tiptoe. And, uh, yeah, you can essentially follow through the back windows. Um, ice baths are individual little chambers, um, sort of like saunas, but massive ice caves. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can sneak in to, uh, this individual's ice bath room that he's, he's rented. And you can catch him while he's changing. The, the these individual rooms they there's no separation between where you change and where you get into the bath. Yeah, no, because they're like private. Hmm. They just kind of change in sort of the part that isn't. It's like a private yeah, pool. Yeah, the, the the part that isn't in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alessa's gonna wait until he gets into the water. Um. And yeah. Then, yeah. Then leap down and scoop it up. This is a this is a big fella. Um, he's got a, a cascade of golden elfier hair. Um, doesn't take his mask off at first. Um, but once he's in the water, then he fully relaxes, takes his mask off. And, uh, yeah, he's a, a fairly chiseled guy. He's got surprisingly kind, rounded cheeks. Um, and he looks exhausted. Relaxes back, sits and settles into the water, splays his arms out, and, uh, you're free to, to try to snag that axe. <laughs> How heavy is this axe? 
Oh, it's fucking dense. Oof. Not the kind of thing I could just, like, strap on to me and then, like, leap back out the window. Uh, I mean, it has a strap you could strap onto yourself, but uh, it's dense. It's going to make things even more difficult to get out, for sure. Well, we're going to try. All right. Make that roll a dangerous. You're going to roll with your 3d10 and take off the top two best results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her a roll. Oh, that's so bad! <laughs> oh, that's the worst it could have been! That is as bad as it could have been. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Alright, take a D12 fortune stress. Okay, alright. Okay, that's just a five. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom! Bada bing, baby! Oh, shit is fucking up for Alessa! Um, so that is a one on the fucking fallout roll. So, uh, that gives you a fortune fallout. Perfect. Um, yeah, you strap that axe on. Um, it's astoundingly heavy. Um, clearly not exactly meant for too many combat purposes, um, but it could cleave someone in twain, if you were so inclined. Um, you try to climb back out the, uh, the window, and, uh, immediately... The weight added to your back, combined with the fact that you're climbing over a frozen surface, sends you sprawling back down to the ground with a big, loud clank. Ah, fuck! The man whips around, pushes the hair out of his face, sputters a little bit. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, uh, uh, axe cleaning. It's it's a it's axe cleaning day. It's a it's a it's a thing we we started offering. Why are you climbing up the window? Oh, it's a... I mean, it's a big... It's... Ah, fuck it. And she b bolts out the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this big motherfucker bolts out of the bath, straps on his mask, and, you know, runs to you. Um, are you still have the axe strapped on you? Of course. I ain't leaving without this axe. You can do an evade or uh, or another sneak, but same difficulty. All right, dangerous. Dangerous. Oi, oi, oi! Ooh, that's all so bad. Still so bad. Oh, it's still so bad. <laughs> so not a one. So so you can just roll a, a d10 of fortune stress. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, this is about to get fucked up. You are rolling like a king today. And that is a major fortune fallout. Yep. Um, yeah, you can't even quite make it fully to the door. Your hand brushes the handle, but this guy moves with exceptional speed for his size. Um, it's like a like a linebacker. No, wait. He's a sports guy. He's a, he's like a sports guy. He's like he's um, like big sportsman in he's Friday like, Night Light. Yeah, you know the ones. They yeah, use go, the they, go football. Go teams. Go the teams. It's all about um, the heart. Uh this guy moves with surprising grace. He's like an athlete, big, fast. Uh, and he snatches you wholesale, picks you and the axe up by the shoulders like a child. Um, he's probably got seven inches on you. Um, he's big. Uh, and uh, it lifts you straight up, takes you away from the door, and smacks you against the wall. Ow. I ask what you are doing with my axe, little drow. Just polishing it. 
Just gonna take it for a quick polishing. It looked a little dirty. You are stealing my axe. Now give me one reason why I shouldn't use my extrajudicial force to rip your head clean off your body. Cause... Cause... Cause I'm with the bone broker? Pardon me. You heard of him? Yes. Yes, I have heard of the bone broker. There are few among us who haven't. Yeah. I, um... I'm, I'm with him now. And you're taking my axe on behalf of the bone broker. Well, well, I, uh, uh, you, uh, no. Tell me the truth, and perhaps the worst will not befall you, tiny lady. All right, pretty boy, I'm in a lot of shit. I'm owned, but I got a boy. Oh. You have a child. Yeah. Hmm. Difficult. Starts to place you down, finally, uh, taking the axe very gingerly off of your back. You were stealing my axe in an attempt to barter for your child. Yeah, that's... that's... that's actually exactly it, yeah. How can I trust you, tiny thieving lady? Well, I don't think you can, but if it's all the same to you, I got nothing left to lose. Hmm. Many in this city have little left to lose. Largely, thanks to the actions of my comrades. A difficult situation to place myself in the blame of. My name is Patrocles. I'm a paladin, as you may have noticed by the object you were attempting to steal. Yeah, I, uh, I figured that, yeah. If you had been caught by anyone else, I think you would be dead by now, tiny thieving wily lady. <laughs> oh shucks. But, as of late, my sympathies have begun to change. We live in a strange world, this spire. You're, uh, you're a lot more of a thinker than I, uh, would have figured for a paladin. As I stated, I am quite possibly the only paladin you could have done this to that would not have killed you on the spot. That axe is quickly growing to be a mark of shame. Not a mark I'd imagine you, uh, are too fond of just letting me waltz away with, huh? That... that is a difficult proposition. But... perhaps... perhaps we could strike a deal, you and I. I ain't got much left to give. What kind of deal you thinking? You say you're in the employment of the bone broker. Yeah. Hmm. An unfortunate situation to find yourself. He is a widely renowned, capricious man, or whatever he is. It would do my career good to be the one to capture the bone broker. I think that'd do me a lot of good, too. When do you need this deal to occur? Uh, let's say about an hour's past. 23 hours. Hmm. And where do you need this deal to occur? At the edge of Derelictus. Derelictus. Here's what I'll say. I'll meet you in Derelictus with my axe. Six hours. I will place some wards upon it. If you get it in the possession of the bone broker, well, that will benefit all of us. I will also give you a moat. 
piece of spying, scrying magics. It will assist me in maintaining an eye on you. And perhaps together we can work in tandem to take down this bone broker and you can return to your child. <laughs> this is the luckiest I've ever felt having been caught red-handed. <laughs> I think this is the luckiest I've felt in a long time. It is extremely rare. Anyone finds contact with the bone broker and is heard from again. Gulp. So, six hours, little wily, very useful lady. All right. I'll be there. He reaches into his pack and scrawls an address into Derelictus, also towards the edge as far as you understand it, where you will meet him. I recommend you leave the way you came. Yeah, that's what I figured as much. I, I don't think I'd be, you know, welcome out in the lobby. Hmm. Farewell. Till we meet again. Uh, what was your name? And she just slinks out the, the window. And out you go. All right, you got six hours. What are you going to do with them? As much as I want it, well, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to see Griff again. Um... I, I I mean I established in I established plenty of times enough that she just left in the night. Uh and uh, that was that. Um and I also just think she doesn't wanna fucking explode around him. Just because she doesn't meet Griff again doesn't mean she doesn't see Griff again. <laughs> Always thinking Miss Miss um, Oh you Hey, I do this a lot. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, I think she. Uh, I think she's gonna go to wherever Griff is, and just kind of peep on him, just check in on him from afar, see what he's doing. What he's is it? Is it still nighttime? Is it? Is he still at home? Um, we're going to say, I mean, we're probably pretty close to like six. Yeah, ish. Yeah, we'll, we'll say he probably goes to school around like 8 a.m. So yeah, he's still probably home, probably just now stirring. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick up a little breakfast on, on my way over. And bef before he wakes, I'm just going to leave it outside side his door. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah, just some fucking, I don't know, fucking spire hash browns. I don't know. Yeah, something with mushrooms in it or something like that. Yeah, some crickets. Yeah, we love bugs in the spire. Um, yeah, you do that silently. I almost want to make you roll a sneak to get out of there, but, you know. <laughs> you make your way back out of the, of the building, I presume? Before he wakes, and she, she leaves the food right outside his door in, like, a little paper bag. And she picks up... One of one of her books. She has a she has a pretty decent collection of pulpy, swashbuckly uh, literature. Some some fun little adventure fiction. Some half stin horrors and what have you. And uh, she picks one up, one that she has uh, read to Griff many times, uh, called "The Daring Deeds of Crimson Caliber." And uh, inside, she just writes for my little hero and leaves it by the bag of food. Oof. And off into the night she goes. As you're exiting the building, you notice something on the door. 
you're in a bit of a hurry on your way in. But as you close it quietly behind you, there's an eviction notice. A repossession notice. Ah, oh, fuck, when it rains. She rips off the eviction notice and crumples it up and just tosses it to the side. And it's strange, because of all the things you've struggled to pay, it's not one of them. Who the fuck is doing this? And your brand burns on your stomach. You motherfucker, you. And she storms off, ready to, I guess, I don't know, while away some time until she can meet uh, Patrocles. Yeah. Um, takes a while to travel down. Um, Derelictus is a ways. Yeah, de Derelictus is a, a bit of a walk. Uh, and uh, it's not a pleasant one. The, the slow descent into Derelictus is terrifying for most individuals, not from Derelictus. Um, even in comparison to places like Red Row. Uh, it's, it's just not, it's not crime-ridden. It's horror-ridden. It's at the edge of reality, as it were. And uh, nobody, let alone occupants of the Spire, like to make day trips down there. Nonetheless, down you descend. Time wiles away, and before you know it, the six hours have passed, and you are at the abandoned building that Patrocles has marked as your meeting point. Yeah, Alessa's just pacing nervously. The door creaks open. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Hmm, excellent. And Patrocles summons a little ball of light above the palm of his hand, illuminates the terrifying abandoned building covered in used syringettes and pipes. There's a half a skeleton in a corner. Pleasant meeting point. Oh yeah, me and Bones Jones over there just been hanging out, just telling jokes. I'm sure he's a riveting conversationalist. Oh boy, how he rattles. He pulls the axe off his back and throws it in between you two. It is marked. Alright, so we're, we're really doing this. Okay. And one thing left. He pulls out a syringe. A long, thin needle. This will not be pleasant, I warn you. What, uh... What you got there? This is the moat I've had prepared. A piece of surveillance. I will be able to access your ocular abilities. Peer through your eyes, as it were. I, I don't like... I don't like all the eye talk you're doing with that needle. I warned you. It would not be pleasant. Ah, uh, fuck. I didn't know what a moat was. I thought it was like, I don't know, like a... Like a, like a spider, or like a lozenge I take, or something. No. No, it is not. Would you like me to restrain you, or...? No. No. Alright then. Right eye, or left? Left. Hold it steady now. Don't flinch. I, th I think Alessa leans against, like a, like a wooden support beam, and just wraps her arms uh, backward behind herself and just interlocks them trying to, to keep herself uh, as, as steady and unflinching as possible. Yeah. Patrocles grabs your chin with his left hand and holds the syringe up with his right. He positions it to the edge of your left eye. And with a thin in it goes. Um, hurts less than you'd imagine. But it hurts. And he 
presses the plunger on the back of it. Quickly. You feel your eye swell with heat. Like it's been in it's been completely filled with fever almost. And he pops the needle out, tosses it to the side, and stomps on it. Wrenches his boot over the top of it a couple times and gives it a few more stomps. Have 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 you uh uh are these are these needles on the ground? Are they all yours? Have you done this before? He smirks. Let's avoid that, shall we? Oh, you son of a bitch. All right. It's dangerous business, what we're entering in. I haven't quite gotten your name yet. I'm Alessa. Alessa. It is a pleasure. Yeah, just about as, as likewise. And she shakes his hand. And he takes it. Gives you a, a firm, muscled shake. You are embarking upon an exceptionally dangerous mission here, Alessa. Yeah, I, um... The gravity does not escape me. Do not worry. Would you like me to look out for your son? No. No, I don't... Look, I raised him right. He can... I don't want anything pallid and ever touching that kid, alright? You understand? If he is lucky... Perhaps he never will. I will respect your wishes. This is where we will meet again, Alessa. I will attempt to signal you, and you will meet me here. Tell me of the Bone Broker, of his nature, and, if you can discover it, how one can defeat him. If he is just a man, it should be simple enough, but other paladins have tried, and they have never returned. All right. So be it, Alessa. I wish you the best. I will be watching. And he taps his left eye. Not the actual eyeball, just to the edge of it. I imagine, like, Alessa's left eye, like, shakes a little when he taps it. Yeah. Like like, uh, in, a, it, like in a fishbowl. It uh, it softly glows, too. Just a little, a little boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you will. He looks you up and down one more time. I have one more thing for you, Alyssa. He pulls a hooked blade from his thigh, pops the holster off, and tosses it at your feet. I don't see you are um, armed, and I'm presuming after you barter away the axe, you won't exactly be able to use that. Yeah. Thank you. This, not quite my style, but uh, it'll do serves you well. May we meet again, Alessa. Yeah. May we meet again. Breaks the door open once more, and is gone into the streets of Derelictus. <sighs> How deep do I plan on going with this? <laughs> uh, Alright. You make your way the address on the note. The initial note you were given. The note from the bone broker. And uh, it takes you to a pile of garbage. Like a literal pile of garbage? No, a literal pile of garbage, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Alessa looks around like she's being punked. This, um... Does he want me to get... I, I... Okay! And I... 
she starts wading her way through some garbage? Absolutely, you do. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you wade your, th- wade your way through a garbage. It looks like a dumpster's been upturned right here, pretty much. Um, and you feel underneath your feet. Um, you know, it's not too much. It's like a half-filled dumpster. Um, stone, eventually, changes. Something else under your feet, about halfway into the pile. Does it feel like bone? No. Feels like metal. She, uh, stamps down on the metal. Clang, clang. Yeah, there's something metal. Move your foot around, doing doing little stomps, and... Yeah, it feels like there's a hatch right here. Yeah, she lifts up the hatch and... Gazes down into the... The maw of this... Entryway. It's... Like the entrance to a sewer, essentially. It's a... A metal wrought ladder. Bend into the wall. Ugh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. She, uh... <laughs> she pinches her nose and, and just dives on in and just slides down the ladder. Down you go. Um, you reach the bottom and, yeah, this is a sewer entrance. I'm being fucked with. I fucking know it. And on the opposite wall, there's actually a lamp. The lantern is, is illuminating bones. Bones arranged and nailed on the wall adjacent to you. Those bones are making an arrow. And the arrow points down into the line of sewage in front of you. My fucking god, how... Ugh! And she... She jumps into the sewage! And it's not, you know, the foot deep kind of, you know, line you're expecting. You plunge. Um, and in fact, you feel a current take you. Almost like a riptide. And it pulls you down. Down just to the limit of your breath. Until pop. You fall out of the water onto the ground. And above you, as you collapse, sewage drenching you, you see the water is hovering, trapped as if against a force field of some kind. From a direct funnel, essentially, that, that you have now fallen through. They've been pulled through. <coughs> Jesus, it got in my mouth. Fuck. What is this? Where am I? Hello? You're in a big, seemingly empty chamber. No doors? No doors. You're in a small pool of light. Around you. Darkness. Uh... Hello? Mr. Broker? Broker of bones? A cloaked figure comes into the pool of light with you, wearing the same mask the individual that handed you the letter was wearing. They have a torch, unlit. I suppose you're gonna take me to him, huh? They produce a lighter, light the torch, and it whooshes up into a pillar of flame. They reach out a hand... As if to tell you, stay. Uh, oh, okay. All right. They walk into the darkness, and they place the torch on the ground. Something oil-like has been placed there, and it lights with the torch. And a ring of flame circles into the darkness, slowly illuminating a massive pile of bones. I'll tell you what, they're really on theme here. The attendant turns 
bows to you and sets himself alight. He turns and walks, slowly immolating, crouches down to his knees, sits into something like a prayer position towards the pile of bones, and then clearly perishes, completely consumed by the flames. And slowly, the flame from his body changes color. It takes on, at first, a bluish hue, hot, then red mingles in, and it turns a sickly purple, and jumps to the bones. Flame begins to capture veins inside the bones. They fill with this purple fire, the fire peeking out through cracks in all of them, and they slowly begin to knit together. And piece by piece, a body begins to form. A massive, skeletal body, but it's not a skeleton, per se. It's more like the facsimile of a man, built with the bones of others. There's varying sizes of every kind of bone imaginable. And from the waist up, purple, flame-filled creature leans down, his head larger than you are, and the jaw of this thing unhinges, and a voice echoes out. Welcome to my domain, Alessa. I think a <laughs> Uh, this rarely happens. I think Alessa is absolutely fucking speechless. I am the bone broker. You are mine. Uh, I, uh, what do you, what do you, hold, I, hi there, uh, Miss, Mr. Broker. Um, I, I think there's been a misunderstanding here. Um, I, uh, um, can I, I don't want to be a part of this arrangement, so to speak. Um, if, if you'll uh, be, be so kind, uh, I did bring this as a sort of, um, uh, bargaining tool. Um, and she takes the cleaver off of her back. I was I was hoping we could you know maybe uh, re renegotiate uh, with this. He leans down. You expect this to come the sum of debts you owed? Well, well, maybe not all of it, but uh, you know enough to sort of, I guess, uh, you know, put some things back on the table, huh? You haven't even heard the terms of our negotiation. No, but I did see a man light himself on fire and you come out of that fire. I think uh, that pretty much sells it for me. <laughs> My true nature is not of your concern. Worry not. I have no intentions of using you like that. All right, then um, let's hear how you do plan on using me. As my pawn. Operative. Someone to work within the confines of the heart with the skill set to do such. 
Look, I, 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 I think you've got the wrong gal. I, I, ain't, uh, I, I ain't really a hot kind of person. I've, look, I've got obligations up here. I, I don't think, I don't think going down to the heart. Like, I don't know nothing about the heart. I, I, I'd be terrible in the heart. Perhaps you can serve as you saw my servant do. My soul takes an immense amount of kindling to keep alight. You know, I hear the heart is lovely this time of year. Um, why, why don't... Here, uh, as, you know, uh, an offering, why don't you take this, though? As a, um, as a start to, to good business, you know? I've no need for paladin accoutrement. Um, of, of, of course. Okay. All right. And then she puts it back on her back, realizing just how fucking deep shit she's in. So the, the flames of, of the broker have, have illuminated this chamber pretty much wholesale now. The, the ring of darkness around you is gone, uh, instead of replaced by this bathing of purple light. Um, and you can see that it's actually sort of a domed chamber. Um, there are a, a, a few piles of ash arranged around where the bone broker's body, quote-unquote, seems to be. Um, and there are actually two doors leading out of this place. As my new... employee... we must begin the terms of your service. First I will claim collateral. Your memories. My, 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 my what now? I cannot have you having attachments to the world before. If you can manage to repay your debt to me through your service, I will return your memories. No, no, that that's that that's not fair. That's I I you you can't. I Scribner. I'm very afraid to inform you. I very, very much can. Um Okay, I... The chamber to your right. You will find my associate. He will assist you in this part of the process. After you're finished, return to me, and I will claim my collateral. Alessa just starts walking towards that direction. Just... a shell. The doors swing open. And, uh, you... Have a few doors to choose from, but it appears most are locked. This is sort of a, a sideways hallway, clearly some kind of you know, some kind of chambers. But one is wide open. Yeah, like a like a kid knowing they have to go to the dentist. She shuffles forward, trying every single door, like trying to open every single door on the way to see if there's a way out. All these are locked. And the one with it, its door wide open beckoning you, a voice comes out. Hey, in here, come on. All right. And yeah, she, she, she goes in, she goes into this room. You can take a seat right there. I'll be with you in a second. All right. And this is a mess of a room. Walls covered in what appear to be newspaper, red strings, Everywhere, there's discarded containers of food taken from derelictus, bones and plates covered in 
congealed fat and overturned goblets. In the back, there's a desk uh, with, with a man whose back is turned to you. He's scribbling something frantically, and you can hear the scratching of a pen. And as he gestures, telling you to sit, there is indeed a seat. Something like, and you nailed it, a dentist's chair. God, you guys really don't make it easy, do you? Huh? What are you talking about? This... God, everything's just so fucking spooky in here. I don't think this chamber's spooky. I think it's kind of homely. <laughs> yeah. Everyone sees the cage differently, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we do. You can close the door on the way in. She does. I like your Names voice. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> We're both from Spire, New York City. Yeah. <laughs> from the Spire, originally. Yeah, me too. Must have been a similar neighborhood. Yeah, I'd imagine. Sounds like it. Name's... Name's Runo. Hello, Runo. I'm Alessa. Hmm. I'll do my best to make sure you maintain that. Oh, so you're... You're going to go in here? And she taps her head. Yeah. Yeah, I am. What all... What all are you taking out of there? Mm, everything, pretty much. Your childhood, what led you here. Everything. Going to leave your basic skills. Going to try to implant some stuff. Courtesy of the bone broker. Stuff that'll help you down in the heart. And where... Where does it all go? Ah, uh, <clears throat> eight points up. And you see the ceiling. Hundreds of bottles dangling from strings. Small notes attached to each of them, all of them filled with a slightly different colored fog, swirling like a marble, the inside of a marble, split through with different colors, all of them shifting. Um, they've been casting the light on this room this entire time, a kaleidoscopic stained glass lighting. Honey, you have, and I i do not hyperbolize here, the grimmest job I've ever seen. When you, work for the, when you work for the broker, you take what you can get. Better than being one of the guys that sets himself on fire. Yeah, that's spooky, right? That's, that's fucking wild, isn't it? It's, uh, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weird. Most of those guys, uh, well... They owed debts, and they could not do the job. The one that set himself on fire? Yeah. Broker breaks their minds. Yikes. Yikes is right. So, if I just have to pull memories out of chumps, I'll take it. I get it. I... <laughs> it's, a, it's an almost enviable position. Yeah. You could say that. Well, finally finishes writing whatever he's been writing. That's that. And he turns around. And you see that his face is entirely obscured by bandages. Yeesh, what happened there? Oh, what do you mean? Uh, nothing. And he stands up. As the light begins to hit him, you see his hands are also entirely covered in bandages. Uh, nothing at all. Sorry, slip, slip of the tongue. Uh, normally we restrain people on that chair there. Broker had that custom made, but, uh... Oh, he fucking would, wouldn't he? Yeah, creepy's kind of his MO. You know, he doesn't actually have to do the sacrifice thing. Well, not every time, at least. What? He... 
What? Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a fuel for a fire. He's got to do it every once in a while, but he typically chooses to do it when the new guys come in. Sort of a oh, show. Oh, to, to scare us. Yeah, to spook us out. You know, it's making a lot of sense. Theatrics. Yeah. We all kind of have we all kind of have theories as to who the broker was in his past life lives, whatever. Uh theater owner pretty high up on the on the wages. <laughs> Do you know what he is? Uh big spooky pile of bones filled with fire. Well, that's about as far as I got too, huh? Yeah. He's some kind of uh as he claims, soul amalgam. So He's something powerful. I don't know exactly what. All we know is he requires sacrifices to keep burning. I mean, ha- have you guys ever just thought about, like, not? <laughs> like, I mean, it, I mean, come on. Like, it sounds like he needs you guys. I guess us. I'm, I'm part of you guys now. I guess us. He needs us. Bone Broker's got strings around all of us. He wants something. He pulls. All right. So then there's no way out of this. Unless you want to die. Yeah, that's not pretty, not pretty high on my list. Um, I, I got a, I got a question for you though. Um, does he get to see these? And she points up towards all the bottles. Uh, yeah. If he wants, typically he, uh, Peruses the memories of everybody he hires. A lot of these folks are dead. I'd say the vast majority of these folks are dead. Wait, they... What? Why Why are the bottles still up there? They die. Bottles don't go out. They're memories. They live by themselves. Independent. That is, uh... That's really depressing. That's That's a very troubling thought, actually. I'm... I don't want to get philosophical about it. Let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> is there? Look, you don't know me. I I've lost everything, as I'd imagine most people do when they come here. But I've got one last thing left that I don't want anybody getting their hands on. Oh, what could that be? I got a son. Yeah. Oh. Gestures broadly to the the bottle mobile above you. A lot of them did. I can't. I... Bruno, I fucking can't let him become a part of this. I don't want... I don't want that thing in there knowing he exists. Okay. You want me to do about it? I think you and me could strike up a deal. There's there's things you want. I'm the kind of girl who can get you whatever you want. I imagine that's why I'm here. I got a reputation. Hmm. Yeah. There are a few things I want, that's for sure. Yeah? I could get them for you. All you gotta do, not not even a big deal. Something you already gonna do. Just snip away at some memories. Just, you know, put some of them aside. You want me to separate out your memories? Please. I'll... I'll do anything. Hmm. 
That's a risky proposition, you know. The bone broker learns I'm not being straightforward. I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, but how many friends do you have? <sighs> As of now, a couple of these bastards I work with, some are close. I don't know if I can call them friends. Uh, Alessa, like, takes one of his bandaged hands. I ain't got a whole lot either. You, you want to, <laughs> you want to be friends? The bandages distend in your hands. The, your hand crumples around empty space, and the bandages wrap up your forearm. All right, Alyssa. And he looks you dead in your left eye. All right. I think we can make a deal. I think you know exactly what I want. I won't say it out loud. But as long as you help me get out, I'll separate them out for you. Toss in the axe and we'll call it a deal. Oh yeah, this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you can you can have it. Takes it off your back, leans it up against the wall. Alright then. Two bottles. I'll hide one in my desk. Oh, one last thing. There's um there's someone else that uh it would probably be prudent to hide uh, up there in my noggin. Um, there's a man named Patrocles. I think if the bone broker found out about him, I'd be out of here. And this would all be this would all be for naught. Thought I smelled something in that head of yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Is he going to uh, assist us in our little cause here? Oh, absolutely. All right then. I can cover that, too. It's even more dangerous. So, <laughs> you owe me big time. Oh, I'm used to owing people big time. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. Alright. I won't strap you down. I'm presuming you're not going anywhere and you don't want to move during this. I'm good. Just do it. He puts his hands around your, around your skull. In the same way they crumpled and distended around your forearm. They crumple and distend around your head, swallowing you into darkness, and your life begins to flash before your eyes. Do you want to give us a few memories of Alessa's? Just real brief snapshots? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I think start with some childhood memories just flashing by, like, uh, just, just memories of Alessa growing up, running through the streets of the Spire, uh, living with her mom and dad. Um, stealing things for her mom and dad's shop, uh, just just like nicking things from uh, other stores and shops and putting them in her folks' shop, which uh, the parents surprisingly were super okay with. We're very proud of her for doing these things. <laughs> uh, a bit of a jump in time and tone uh, to a good many years later at what Alessa calls the two-for-one funeral of both the death of her mom and her dad that uh, affected her a hell of a lot. Um, you know, they both died in some accident that she doesn't really like to talk about. Uh, but uh, they were really her only family. She was left alone to man the shop. Um, and she didn't know much about keeping that shop alive, so she just kept stealing things and putting them in the shop. Flash forward a little further to her meeting her husband for the first time. Their first time meeting was Alessa trying to pickpocket him. 
and he was absolutely broke. <laughs> she like takes his wallet and I was like, oh, come on, dude. And he turns around and is like, hey, what are you doing on my wallet? And they start fighting. They start fighting real hard. Um, <laughs> jump to uh, another memory of her and her husband's wedding day. <laughs> no contest <laughs> between between those two pillars. <laughs> Jump forward to the big score. Uh, Alessa's husband uh, joining in on the escapades, and this was historically the only job she's ever done that went off without a hitch, where they robbed the Mermaid Casino in um, in Silver Quarter. And this was this was the, the the tip top. Like they got away with so much, just a big fucking bundle of stin, just a ton of dough. Uh, jump cut later on to. Probably the biggest moment for Alessa, the birth of her son. She was there for the entire hatching as uh, Drower hatched from eggs. Uh, a lot of people just go off and, you know, uh, wait and celebrate or what have you, because it, it takes a while for them to hatch. But now she stayed there the whole time with the midwives. And something changed that day. You know, not to sound cliche about it, but it everything changed the whole perspective changed before this everything was so devil may care so uh so fly by night but now for the first time in her life somebody needed alessa and that kind of meant the world to her the moment when he was born and she looked into his eyes she knew that that was all she was ever going to really live for after that. Of course, that was kind of the last good moment. Everything after that is just uh, just downfalls, disappointments, bummers. After the big score, um, she had a ton of money. And after you get a ton of money, it's really hard to go back to not having a ton of money. And it's not like either of them were really good with money. They were just good at stealing it. So they borrowed from everyone. We kept saying that this one was going to grow. This was going to be the one to set us up for life, but it never was. We went in to so much debt. There was not a single piece of Alessa's life other than her son Griff that wasn't owned by someone else that wasn't owed something eventually Alessa had to sell the shop they had to move to a real shithole near the outskirts of the works and at one point her husband just disappeared she took up her day job in the works trying her darndest to make a dent in anything and then to waking up with her brand and then finally all the memories that were pulled there's almost nothing about your son you remember of course his birth but that one replays all of a sudden the timbre of the replaying seems bizarre and sped up almost there's no equivalent to VHS tapes or whatever in the spire, so we can't quite equivalent, you know, um, make equivalents there. But um, 
yeah, they speed up. They have a different timbre. And every memory you've ever had with your son, after your memories have run through, runs through your head again. It's followed by the memories you now have very recently made with Patrocles. With a pop, the bandages come sliding off your face. And you awaken empty. A man is standing in front of you. Two bottles in his hands. Do I remember him? You remember Runa. Yeah. You don't remember the conversation you had with him, however. Hey, uh... What's, uh... What's going on? What's up? <laughs> Finished. That's what. Now, listen to me. You made a deal with me. I just did something very kind for you. Exchange. When I ask you to do things... Do things for me. I don't imagine this is one of those things that I would have wanted to talk my way out of, huh? No, it's not. He pulls a locket out of his hand, out of his pocket, pops open one of the bottles and dips the locket into it. Recorks the bottle very quickly after dipping it in. Slides it over your neck. I mean, over your head, onto your neck. That there? That's my promise to you. Eventually... You're going to be able to see what's in that locket. You check the other side of the picture. Know what to do after that. She, uh, she stares really hard at the locket and at the picture inside, and it's all just fuzzy and blurry. But she does get the idea. Um, I think... I think she hugs Runo. I don't think he's been hugged for a long time, so I don't really think he knows what to do. But... Eventually, he wraps one arm around you and pats you on the back. You can feel there's a hollowness to him. Thank you. Make it worth it. All right? All right. Uh, oh, shit, I'm with the bone broker now. Yes, you are. Go back into the main chamber. You got... You got one last thing to do. Oi. All right. Good luck to yours. And Alessa walks out. You make your way back into the chamber. The bone broker is waiting. He's still the half-coalesced, skeletal man. I think Alessa's... I don't think all of it's gone, but I think a lot of her fear has subsided. Like, she is a, a much braver woman now with literally nothing to lose. Yeah. All right, Spooky. What are we doing here? Let's talk. I require a single thing more. <sighs> what do you want? Stand in the center of the room. And she does. I will claim a piece of you to mark you as my operative and to claim some of your debt. Be it as collateral. Alright. Fucking do it then. His two gargantuan arms reach out, and then they split at the elbow, becoming four separate hands. Smaller. Again, none of them actually made out of hand bones, but amalgamed out of other sets of bones. Just a big bone golem. Big bone golem, yeah, filled with purple flame. And, uh, 
They each wrap around one of your limbs. The cloaked figure comes out from the sort of employee chambers that you went into to see Runo. The cloaked figure has a backpack covered in mannequin limbs. They set it down, pull back the hood, reveal a woman. She has a brown braid. She looks older, probably 50s. And she doesn't look like she wants to watch. Her eyes are downcast. Hey. You. Hmm. Is this gonna hurt? She smirks. It's better you don't think about it. <laughs> hey, chit up. It's not like they're taking your arms. She holds a hand up to her face, a single finger, the hush gesture. You see her arm. It's a mannequin's. Not like not like a shock, but like a like a chill goes down Alessa's spine. And she yeah, she shuts up. And as that realization settles into you. The bone broker pulls. astoundingly surgical tear. You can feel them wrench from the bone. He does a twist and a firm yank. The flesh tears evenly. And your limbs come ripping off your body. You collapse to the ground, a head and torso. And the woman with the mannequin parts rushes over to you as your consciousness fades. you awaken. The room is dark again. In the stead of what once were your flesh and bone limbs are the limbs of a mannequin. And you notice, just in the crease of the right elbow, the sigil of the bone broker. A red skull. All right. I guess. What do you want me to do? A letter floats out of the darkness, flutters in an unseen wind, and lands in front of you. I open it. The same red whoosh. The skull. Now you recognize this bizarre, elongated, stylized skull is actually the skull, of course, that is formed when the bone broker takes his true form. You have been hired by a man named Doman Blight. Accompany a party of Delvers and complete your mission. When you are finished, you will deliver your piece of the payment to me. Or, more accurately, my courier. Sincerely, the Bone Broker. And it whooshes away, but it freezes. The whoosh stops midair. And it recoalesces. No longer red, but instead a drab gray. Don't worry, Alessa. I think you won't mind the courier. Talk to you soon. And then it dissipates. All right. Let's get to work. And Alessa walks off. 
So you do. You go out the other exit. There's a way out of the Bone Broker's domain that doesn't involve sewage, luckily. Out you go. A nice little elevator. <laughs> Maybe. A little rope-powered elevator. A little, little gutterkin inside, just listening to Girl from Ipanema. <laughs> <laughs> and you make your way back out. Onto the streets of Derelictus. Changed, to say the least. New Alessa. Emptier Alessa, but at the same time a more crystallized Alessa. Yeah, I'll fucking say. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's take a little bit of a montage glimpse at Alessa's life. We now know there's a bit of time that has to pass between now and whenever you found uh, your, your current missive. Alessa became something of an operative of the Bone Broker, of course, which I presume is where she made the majority of her of her, her money and her housing and all that like. Um, do you want to just give us a few moments in, in Alessa's life, what, what it looked like, where she was sleeping, all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fly-by-night. It was pretty like Alessa didn't know where she was going to be next week, ever. It was always somewhere new. Um for for the first while like for the first few years um it was just so uncertain uh, there there were there were a lot of moments um where she just did like mobster shit like she would just go and kneecap some folks like uh oh, bone bone broke sends his regards and just but, but you know actually kill him um <laughs> alessa g- acute a lot of blood on her hands yeah, I um, imagine. There was one satisfying moment where she was sent after Orlo and she almost got him. She was so close. She she like John wicked her way uh uh into his um I don't know, his compound, I guess. I don't know where he'd be. Uh and just like took out a couple dudes and almost got to Orlo, but he 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 ski daddled off and hasn't been heard of since. As uh, is the case of most people that the bone broker goes after, that it, it was a somewhat satisfying little uh, little adventure. But um, other than that, it was a lot of deliveries, a lot of um, sneaking into places where uh, no one is allowed and taking something that no one's allowed to have and bringing it back. That was pretty much Alessa's wheelhouse. Do you think the most horrific thing Alessa has ever had to do under the employ of the Bone Broker is? I think there was a job. Um, it was a little different. Uh, Alessa was pretty fresh to the heart at this point. And this, this job was different in that there were so few details given. There wasn't a map, there wasn't a layout, there wasn't a... This is what you need to do. Here's how, here's different ways you can do it. Um, it was a very simple task, which was hand out these flyers and invite kids to the carnival. And Alyssa didn't know what that meant. What It was her job. And she did her job. It was about 30 kids that she enticed to go to the carnival. And she really sold it. She was kind of having fun doing a whole carnival barker spiel. Um, just, you know, your, your, your step right ups and your uh, the greatest shows on earth. 
and the kids kids would ask, uh, what's, what's going to be at the carnival? What's going to be at the carnival later? Like, oh, you know, all kinds of things. You know, uh, uh, trapeze artists and, and, str- and strong folk and uh, uh, big, big tusky things. Uh, you're going to love it, kid. You're going to love it. Um, and yeah, it was about 30 kids that she managed to get to go to this carnival just handing out flyers and tickets. Those kids weren't seen again. Poof. Gone. She never figured out what happened to them, but but they, they disappeared. She gets a she gets a little inkling every once in a while in her head. She hears a little carnival music. But yeah, she has no clue what happened to those kids. I think that's sufficiently horrifying. But so is the work of the bone broker. It's not like he can say no. So, um, you've recovered a few memories over the course of your work. It's your primary drive to continue for, uh, your time with the broker, other than, of course, being turned to kindling. you have an idea for a handful of those memories that have returned to us over the years? Yeah, he's he's really crafty with it. He's really clever with how little he gives me, but with how much that little can do. Um, they're always just the tiniest little snippets, like just three seconds of sitting outside a coffee shop at one of those little French cafe tables and seeing her husband's smile. And then poof, that's that's the end of the memory. Or just a little moment of sitting in her bedroom and hearing Griff crying in the other room. Just tiny, tiny, tiny moments that feel like pieces of a puzzle feel like if I can just get just a little more, everything's going to break through. Slivers of slivers. Yeah, just splinters. One final question for the time Alessa spent um, among the bric-a-brac of, of the heart, serving under the thumb of the bone broker before we get to your current moment of servitude. Um, where was she when Lemia died, when the drowning began? She was in a bar in... A haven called the Lunar Garrison. It was a big stronghold that was built uh, by the 33rd, um, long since abandoned, now kind of a, a seedy place, a place where people like Alessa hang out. She was in a bar that, strangely enough, was made out of an old boat. Nobody knew how it got there. Nobody knew why it was in the heart, but it was an old, it was an old boat, uh, like an old tugboat, and it was refurbished into a bar called The Bad Tug. Ugh. <laughs> Oomst amongst us. <laughs> that's, not, that's not experienced. The Bad Tug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, um, she's in The Bad Tug. Um, she's kind of partying. Like, it's a full-on raucous. Like, uh, she... Uh, She's just won like three games in a row of some fucking, I don't know what bar games people play in the heart. It's just fucking, a, it's just the five finger fillet, but with like a knife that talks and calls you slurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fucking, uh, that's that cult of the night knife knife. Yeah, exactly. It's, just it's, like, cult, it's cult of the knife knife that calls you slurs. Yeah. It calls me slurs. And if you actually, actually do. Uh, accidentally nick yourself uh, you then just want to keep stabbing yourself and filling yourself with more knives very <laughs> very high risk low reward 
<laughs> couple of gigas <laughs> on, the, on the board, <laughs> or you become a sentient hive of knives. <laughs> Which uh, Alessa, it definitely feels like cheating because she's got the mannequin hands. Yeah. Which this pair of mannequin hands definitely has a few cuts in it from playing earlier in the week. But today, she's won like three in a row. Uh, and she's just like, le- everybody's like singing, just fully drunk off their ass. Uh, it's a great time. Um, and then, you know, the room's spinning just a little bit, you know, from the drink. But the room starts spinning a whole lot for everyone. Mm. And the boat starts to move. This boat is now a functional boat again, as everybody peeks out of the portholes and uh, clambers up top to the deck and uh, notices that we are now in this brackish black fluid of of the sea. Bad tug takes to the seas again. (laughs) (laughs) The bad tug rides again. But yeah, we uh, we're all aboard this this tugboat that has not tugboated in a long time filled to the brim with booze. Our stronghold is now half underwater, and as you can imagine, this thing long ago was stripped of any sort of working parts, so we're just a big floating cage filled with alcohol. Hell yeah. And so we're just chilling in this big cage big cage filled with alcohol, uh, just chilling for many, many days. Eventually we do run out of alcohol, you know, far quicker than I think most people trapped on a boat filled with alcohol would go through that amount of alcohol because, you know, these are the type of people Alessa's around. Things start to get a little edgier. People start uh, uh, getting a little irritated. Uh, Tensions grow high. Uh, A lot of fighting breaks out. Some people die. And eventually when they wash up back on the shore, uh, the old tug is a much bloodier place. The bad tug. The bad tug. The bad tug. Come on. It is. It, <laughs> it was once the old tug. After this, it's the bad tug. Nice, and you managed to escape from uh, from the bad tug, a changed woman. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, honestly, not that much. Well, okay, yeah. From the from the the what's it the 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 icker, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty eerie. I think most people give it a lot more deference than Alessa. I don't think Alessa quite understands the implication of why there's ichor everywhere. And I think once she does understand, like once someone like has to tell her like, Oh, Jewie, 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 what happened? Um, <laughs> like even after she hears, she's just like, wow, that's, that's rough. Goodbye. Uh, like it, <laughs> She's got other shit on her mind, man. Like not the biggest Damnick worshiper at this point in her life. Yeah, like, at this point, her only interactions with gods or godlike beings have been really bad. <laughs> she, she she holds no love for the holy. Respect. Yeah, it's it was just one of those moments, like, she didn't really care that much, but it is a fun moment of, oh, where were you when that happened? Yeah. Caught on a party boat, made to fight for your life. Yeah, which the bad tug still stands as a bar now. It's just, you know, a beach bar. It's got a whole Kokomo vibe. I imagine we'll be seeing the bad tug again. Time passes again. Alessa continues down this path of crime and servitude to about as capricious a uh, master as one can find. But one day, somebody from across the street, even derelictus, calls out to her and uh 
begins to make his way towards you. He's dressed in finery. He's a pretty small guy. He's got a bow slung to his back. Uh, pardon me? Yeah, what? Uh, what? Uh, I was told I would be able to find an Alyssa Scribner here. Seems like you, you match the profile roughly. Yeah, and I match the name too. What's it to you, buddy? My name is Wesley. I work for... <laughs> I work for a man named Doman Blight. Uh, I believe you've been employed by him. <laughs> fucking Wesley, my man, Wesley! <laughs> oh, my fucking guy! Uh, our little dude. <laughs> All right, bud, I guess, yeah, yeah, take, take me to him. Take me to wherever I'm going, yeah. Excellent. I'm glad I have the right lady. I've actually randomly accosted three other women, and they were not Alessa. So this works out for me. Oh well, thank God. That'd be that'd be real weird if they were. That would have been even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. All right, you can follow me. So the rest of the party has been assembled. Uh, that's going to be um one mob. He's a little fella. Not entirely certain why he's been hired, but you know, I follow orders. What are you going to do? Uh. Uh, a real big guy. Uh, seems like he can take a take a punch. Goes by the name of Setson. And uh, an older fella. Seems like he's one of those hounds. Don't know if you're familiar. A little, yeah. We all we all heard about him. Seems like you've got one of them on your team. And uh, you're all going to be hired to work for Mr. Doman Blight in attempting to uh, recapitulate on a little bit of a debt. Well, sort of in reverse there. You're going to break a debt. You go Somebody fucked Doman over, and you're going to make that right. Sounds about right. Okay. We're all uh, meeting up at the edge of Derelictus here, and uh, you're going to be given a vague description of where to go first. <laughs> uh, otherwise, you're, you're kind of on your own. Mr. Blight's actually further in in the heart, uh, awaiting your arrival. Oh, like a, like a little puzzle. Okay. All right. Like a little treasure hunt. A treasure hunt, sure. If the treasure was buried in the chest of a giant monster. Well, all right. That's uh, that's not very encouraging, but <sighs> this is what we're doing. He looks you up and down. You're surprisingly glib about all of this. Yeah. Well, um, I don't uh, I don't have anything to lose. I don't have anything to lose well it can certainly be an advantageous position to be in Miss Scribner <laughs> yeah we'll fucking see won't we we'll fucking see thank you for listening to this the last of our cast interludes i hope it was worth the wait next week we return to the adventure proper as our party of delvers begins to find themselves in the thick of what their time in the heart is meant to achieve our next interlude well it's going to be a special one let me assure you i hope you've enjoyed so far my friends there's plenty more to come safe travels.